Morning, everybody. Morning. And uh, good morning to anyone who hasn't been here before. I don't know if you've been here before. You have been. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I'm okay. <laughs> you should probably stop the table and start over again. <laughs> Okay, great. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you know, last week, Jaku talked about Zazen. I listened to her talk. I thought it was a really wonderful talk last week. Jaku and I talked about it, and I thought, well, it would be great to kind of keep talking about Zazen because that seemed to be of a lot of interest to people. So that's what I'm going to do today. And um, I'm going to talk about um, how we do Zazen. And the kind of source material for myself, besides my own personal experience, um, listening again to Jaku's lecture, listening to Sojin Roshi's lecture, which is on our, the link to that is on our uh, webpage. That lecture he gave at Berkeley Zen Center, probably, I don't know, four months before he died, something like that. And then, um, Suzuki Roshi, so what he had to say. Okay, so it's kind of the basis of what we're going to do. But um, so there's just a lot to say about Zazen. And the way I want to start out first is by saying that, you know, we all have these ideas about what we're supposed to be doing in Zazen. And by and large, these ideas about what we're supposed to be doing can be a problem because then we use them as a stick to beat ourselves up with about why we're not doing zazen the way we think we're supposed to be doing zazen. Well, it's just why I'm going to give you zazen instruction about how you're supposed to be doing zazen. <laughs> but on the other hand, even though we're doing that, please do not get caught in this cycle of giving yourself a hard time because that's not what the point of this is. Okay, so let's talk about zazen posture. So mainly I listened to Sojin's talk about this because that's mainly what he talked about. And we can sit cross-legged. We can sit in a chair. You can even lie down. You can sit on a seiza bench. Those are usually the seiza bench, sitting cross-legged and sitting in a chair, usually the ways we do this. And by the way, we have these handy little from the Soto shoe brochures. If right out there on how to sit in a chair, and the practice of sitting zazen, which has to do with how to sit cross-legged, how to sit in a chair, et cetera. So see little pictures of how you do this. Free, right out of the front of the lobby. Okay, so, so you can sit in a chair, you can sit cross-legged, you can sit on the seiza bench. But the most important thing about sitting, no matter how you're sitting, is that you have a straight spine. So that's a really important part of this so that the energy you know, can move freely in your body. And um, here's what Sojin said about this. He said, uh, you have to find your own way, that's okay. You compensate for what you can't do. So if you can't, you know, like I tend to be round-shouldered, so I can't completely sit up like this completely. So I do my best 
to sit in a way that's comfortable and yet mindful of the fact that I want to set up straight. Okay, so he said, for example, if your knees are sore, sit in a chair. So this is not getting caught in this idea of I absolutely have to sit cross-legged. Sometimes people come and they say, oh, I have got to sit in the full lotus position because they read in a book somewhere that if you don't sit in a full lotus position, you're toast. Not so, right? Point is to have this solid straight spine and a solid base, which I'll talk about in examples in a minute. Okay, so Sojin said, for example, if your knees are sore, sit in a chair. If you can't sit in a chair without leaning on the back, if you can sit in a chair without leaning on the back, that's the best way. So ideally you're not leaning on the back, but if you need to lean on the back, then you should lean on the back of the chair. Find how you can do zazen given your circumstances. Lying down is okay if that is your sincere effort. I have upper back issues. Actually, during most of COVID, when we were here, Jocko and I were by ourselves, I laid down a lot during zazen. The pitfall of lying down, besides the fact that it takes up a lot of space in the zendo, is that you're liable to fall asleep. And that's definitely not what we're doing in zazen. And then he goes on, he says, a good percentage of realization is in sincere effort. This is super important. A good part of our practice is about your sincere effort to practice. Then he said, sometimes the person who has the most difficulty sitting but perseveres is the model for us all. The effort of the one who has the hardest time is receives the most benefit, or he didn't say that, he said, has the most benefit. So I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that, but I think he meant that when we find things to be really difficult and we persevere and keep doing them, we end up benefiting from them a great deal because of the difficulties, because it causes us to maybe be more attentive to, what, to what's going on because we're finding it very hard to do. Okay, so we have to make this sincere effort uh, to come back time and time again. And I would say that includes coming back to the present moment with our mind in Zazen, but also coming back to sitting Zazen. There is so much value in our Soto Zen practice of just coming to Zazen. It's just sitting Zazen and making that a habit. And that's one of the values of sitting in a group is because A, once you show up, you're here, and B, you can't leave. You almost never get up and leave in the middle of Zazen because there's this kind of unspoken peer pressure that you're there and you're sitting and you don't leave. So there's this way, and when you're at home, it's like you go, oh, did I feed the dog? Oh no, is it, there's something in the washer? Oh, did I leave that light on? Is the stove on? Like your mind always comes up with ways of why you should jump up and go attend to something else. Okay, so that's, uh, we make this sincere effort and uh, we, we do that in Zazen. And of course we do that in the rest of our practice life as well. Okay, so one of the important things about Zazen is this notion of a triangle of stability. So if you're sitting cross-legged, uh, you're sitting on your sitsit bones, which are these little bones that are on the bottom of your pelvic cradle. You're sitting on your sitsit bones. And then what you wanna do is you wanna have your knees on the ground. So this is about sitting if you're gonna sit, you're cross-legged. 
So if your knees are too high, like if you're somebody who's sitting and you're, you're like, you know, you're sitting up and you can't get your knees down. So they're kind of up like this. What happens is that obviously your weight, you're, you're like trying to compensate for all this weight being up there. So you're kind of like pushing yourself forward, like just trying to stay up. And it's like, you can't stay up. And so you spend your whole period of 40 minutes trying to figure out a way how not to tomp over backwards. So the antidote to that is to raise your butt up higher so that you can get your knees down further so that you're not doing this thing of trying to lean forward and counterbalance what's going on. So you wanna find a way to be stable um, with your knees, hopefully on the ground or to put a cushion underneath them, but your butt still gotta be either on the same level or higher than your knees. Otherwise you're not gonna be comfortable. And um, so what happens is that you wanna create this triangle. If you're sitting seiza, you wanna make sure that the bench is not too high so that it drives the weight, your knees down into the ground because otherwise you're gonna end up with really sore knees. So you wanna find this balance there. And again, you're having the same triangular shape. There's your two knees and your butt sitting on the seiza bench. Same thing for sitting in a chair. You're sitting in a chair, your feet should be flat on the floor. If your feet are not flat on the floor, then you need to put a cushion or something underneath them so that your feet are flat and you are sitting up straight. And if you need to lean on the back of the chair, then get yourself back into the chair so that you've got some kind of straight uh, posture going. And you want your thighs to be parallel to the ground. So that creates that stable base while you're sitting. So your head is not leaning forward. So it's not like this, you know, it's not like that. You want to have your chin back and have your head. Usually we say, have your ears in line with your shoulders. And uh, so you're sitting like this. This is hard for me because I tend to kind of go like this. So if I get caught in some kind of thing where I'm like going, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, then I end up super uncomfortable and all kinked up while I'm sitting zazen. So you want to find a way that you're comfortable, but you don't have like really bad kind of caved in posture. Because when you do that, your energy can't move around your body, right? You want to have this kind of free flowing energy. And you also want to be comfortable and as relaxed as you can be. So um, you want to balance your head and your spine. You know, your head's pretty heavy. So if your head's like sticking forward or something, it's going to cause you to have upper back pain uh, while you're doing that. You want to look down at a 45 degree angle. You want your eyes to be open. You want to look down. You can tilt your head down a little bit, but you don't want to like do this. You want to kind of keep your chin back and look down. But again, you want to be comfortable about this. You don't want to do it in a way that's strained. This is going to be super uncomfortable. So um, now Sojin said what he does is he checks his zazen posture while he's sitting zazen every once in a while, which that's fine. For myself, when I first started out sitting and I did that, all I did was made myself more and more uncomfortable. And I made myself more and more critical of the fact that I wasn't sitting in the way that I thought I was supposed to be sitting. So that was counterproductive. 
So play with this, you know, if it's counterproductive for you to start checking your posture while you're sitting and you're running through this and you're saying to yourself, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and, I have to do this, and, I have to and you find yourself super tense, then that's not going to help at all. So you really just want to relax as much, much as you can while you're sitting. So that worked for Sojin, but it may not work for you. Um, let's see. So then there's our mudra. So the mudra is like this, left hand on top, right hand, and you're, I know you guys online, you can't see this very well, but your, your thumbs are just, just kind of touching. When I first did Zazen, when I first received Zazen instruction back, I don't know, in the, the early 80s, it was like, imagine that you had a cigarette cellophane from your cigarette package between oh. your thumbs, right? That doesn't work very well as an example anymore. But your, your thumb tips are just gently touching each other. So while you're sitting, you can check that. If you're like super pressed, it means that you're, you know, you're pressing your thumbs together. It means that you're probably tense and thinking a lot. If you're kind of, you know, like apart, it means that you've just sort of completely, you're lost, you're thinking about something or whatever. So you can come back and think about that every once in a while and say, oh, you know, what's happening with my mudra? The way at San Francisco Zen Center that I was taught about the mudra is, is usually you rest it in your lap. Now, sometimes what that does is it can cause your shoulders to go forward and you it kind of pushes your posture down. If you find that happening to yourself, you know, one thing you could do is put a support cushion in your lap to kind of raise up your mudra is something you could do. And in some traditions, they sit, actually sit with the mudra. I know you guys can't see this. So you would sit with the mudra kind of at your belly button. And if you do that, then you can put your shoulders back. But then you got to have that tension of holding your mudra up. So you, know, you can play around with that too. You can play around with where that, where that kind of works for you. Like I said, the way I was taught, you basically are resting your hands in your lap, kind of on your, in my case, I'm sitting cross-legged on my heels. But if I were sitting like Sue sitting, that, you know, you can't, you couldn't rest your, you know, your hands on your heels. So you, you probably rest somehow right there, yeah. So kind of play around with that. I think the most important thing is that you're creating this, this energy field around your arms, through your arms, into your mudra, and that you're in a good stable posture and fairly relaxed. But you can play around with the height of where your mudra is and kind of feel, just feel that, how that feels. Um, let's see. So Sojin describes this as, he, this is called the cosmic mudra. And he said, uh, when you hold your hands in this way, he says, you're holding the whole universe in your hands. We are universal beings. We are bits and pieces of the universe. We should appreciate that. I like that. We should appreciate that. So there's that. The other thing uh, you can do is that an instruction that I've heard that I think is kind of interesting is to uh, put your mind in your hands. Just put your mind in your mudra. 
So what does that mean? I don't know. You should try that. It's an interesting practice, but I'm not going to tell you what, what that means exactly, but try it because it, it, um, it, it's an interesting thing to do. Okay, so um, Dogen's instructions in the Fukan Zazengi is that you put the tongue on the top roof of your mouth behind your teeth, right? So this is not like you're plastering your tongue with force up against, but it is that your, your tongue is up on the roof of your mouth, gently up there. Okay, so what this does is it caused the hyoid bone, is that how you pronounce it? Hyoid? Hyoid bone that is down in here to actually tilt slightly. One of my physical therapists who is a Japanese American who's totally into all sorts of stuff like this, he said, what it does is it closes an energy field. So it actually creates this, closes this field of energy that's circulating through your body. And when that's not closed, it cuts off that energy field. So I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Practically, I will tell you that the other thing that it does is that it keeps you from salivating a lot. So what happens is you're not swallowing all the time in Zazen. Okay, so, but that's our instruction is that our tongue is on the roof of our mouth. Put your tongue, tip your tongue behind your front teeth and, and that will happen. Of course, you can't talk that way either, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> okay, so um, your eyes should always be open. And, you know, this, I think this is a tough one. I think this is really hard for most people to keep their eyes open all the time while you're sitting zazen. So you're looking down at a 45 degree angle. Your eyes are probably slightly out of focus because you're not exact, you're not looking. You know, it's like you're not like examining the floor or something like that. So it's this relaxed kind of seeing where you have your eyes open, but you're not necessarily focused on, on what you're seeing. The problem with closing your eyes I think during Zazen, the, so the, the idea behind Zazen, what are we doing in Zazen? I'm gonna talk in a minute about what's going on in our heads, is that we're fully presencing ourselves for our life just as it is right now, right? We're fully presencing ourselves. So that means that, for example, you're not trying to go into some kind of jhana state. You're not trying to go into some kind of deep concentration state where you're no longer aware of your surroundings. That's not what we're doing in Zazen. So, you know, if there's a car accident out there, you might, you would get up and find out if somebody needed help. You wouldn't say, I'm sorry, I'm meditating right now. Uh, somebody's out there injured, that's not my problem. I'm, I'm meditating. Mm -hmm. That's not the idea behind it. The idea is that we fully integrate what we already are. We are already fully integrated as this universe. We are not, we are part of it and as it simultaneously at the same time. So when birds are singing outside, we are not separate from the birds and they are not separate from us. The floor is not separate from us and we are not separate from the floor. It is the totality of everything functioning within this moment of your presencing yourself and it's presencing itself for you. And Gensho Kawan Dogen says, 
to carry this self forward is delusion, to allow myriad things to come forth and meet you is realization. That's Zazen. That's what we're doing in Zazen. That's why our eyes are open. You close your eyes and immediately you're caught in thinking or fantasizing or falling asleep. At least I am. I don't know about you guys, but that's what's happening for me when I close my eyes. So when your eyes are open, there's this way in which you are not separated from. You close your eyes and you're like in a whole little world. You're like in this little world of TV, of your own personal TV set. When you open your eyes, oh, there are all these people here. I'm here in the whole universe. Same thing. When you close your eyes, you can't hear anymore, right? You don't hear anything outside. All you hear is the voice in your head. So this way that, and Sojin said to me one time, he said what he did during Zazen was, although he doesn't mention this in this particular talk I listened to, what he does is he listens to the sounds outside. That's kind of, he doesn't concentrate super hard on it, but that's what he's doing. He's actually listening to and presencing himself for everything that's going on around him. Okay, so that's kind of the, what we're doing in Zazen because that's what we wanna do in the rest of our lives. Zazen's not separate from our lives. Zazen is a place where we can actually be in the middle of all of this without being distracted by all of this. Okay, so um, the kind of, the way you do this is um, for the, you guys online, you, you put your hands like this on top of your knees. And then, so you put your hands like that on top of your knees. This is how you start out. So you sat down, you've gotten your, you're going to sit cross-legged or in the chair or whatever. And then you kind of rock back and forth to find your center of the seat, right? And you can do it forward and backward too. What I do when I'm sitting cross-legged is I also lean completely forward to stretch out the muscles in the back of my thighs so that when I sit up straight, you know, I can, I can, I'm actually stretched out. So I'll show you what I do back up here. So it's like, I go all the way over like this and, and I'm pretty stretched out so that I can, you know, get the, my pelvic cradle to come forward so I can sit up straight, right? So that's kind of, I do that. Now, what you don't, do you have like this little space here, right? Sitting on your Zabaton or your chair, and it's kind of like you're in a little box. So you're not like, you know, to your neighbor. Believe me that if at Tassahar, if people did that, you'd be like, you want to smack them. It's like, you're, you're in this little space. So that's the space you have to do all this stuff in. And you don't stretch your legs out. That's a, that's a no-no. So, okay, keep your legs to yourself. <laughs> all right, so you sit down, you do that find your center, you rock back and forth, and then you're in this position. And then you take three deep breaths. I should have started the lecture this way. Three deep breaths, and then you put your hands in the mudra, and then you breathe normally for the rest of the time. You don't worry about deep breathing, you don't worry about shallow breathing, you don't do this. <gasps> Or how do people do that? They go. No, you're breathing silently. So that's the whole idea is that you just 
Although I did feel rather invigorated after that. <laughs> I said I felt rather invigorated after that. So now you just settle into this, as Dogen says in Foucault's Zengidi, settle this, you know, settle in mobile position. Although I will tell you that, so you're not, hopefully in Zazen, you're not going to be doing this once you do this. But, you know, people do move. It's like it's subtle. The, the thing you want to do is not move in a way that makes a lot of noise or is disturbing. Now, I will add this caveat, which is if your legs fall asleep, you should move. Because usually what that means is your sciatic nerve is getting pressed on and you don't want to get sciatica. It is really painful. So, and also I know someone at San Francisco Zen Center who stood up this was at city center. They stood up and they broke their arm because they hit the wall because their legs had gone to sleep. So you really don't want your legs to go to sleep. So if you're going to move, just do a little gasho so your neighbors know you're about to do something and move. Recross your legs, whatever you're going to do, so that so that your your legs are not falling asleep. I think that's I think that's super important. Okay, so. Uh, how are we doing on time here? So uh, Sojin said, we are aiming for effort and ease in Zazen. Effort and ease. Effort keeps our posture upright, keeping the posture upright without being tense. You are comfortable and flexible. At the same time, it's all held together like a suspension bridge. Letting go is the ease that allows posture to be sustained over long periods of time. That is what makes posture comfortable. Sitting requires good effort and ease at the same time. This is what makes our zazen universal. The effort is on one side, the ease is on the other. The effort is human and the ease is Buddha. The effort is human and the ease is Buddha. So that is our human nature and our Buddha nature working together in total harmony. Okay. So what are we doing with our minds? Sojin kept saying, he would just say Zazen mind. I'm like going, he never explained it. He would just say Zazen mind, but I think we need more than that. So what is it that we're doing in our heads? Okay, so once we've, uh, figure it out how we're gonna how we're gonna hold our body. Uh, we have this instruction about what we're doing with our minds, and I think our minds can be the biggest obstacle that we have in zazen because we get caught in ideas about success and failure. People come up to Jaku and I at New Leaf, and they, I mean, one person came up and said. You know, I'm really sorry. I came to the Zendo, but I can't sit Zazen because I think. So they didn't, they said, just want you to know that's why I haven't come back. Well, guess what? We're all thinking during Zazen. At, usually at some point, we're all having thoughts. That's not the problem in Zazen. So we should not stay away because we have some erroneous ideas about what Zazen is. So it doesn't, sitting zazen has nothing to do with being successful or being unsuccessful. 
It has nothing to do with thinking you're a failure or you're good at it or you're bad at it or anything like that. It has to do with coming and doing Zazen and figuring out in the course of doing the Zazen how it is that you do the Zazen and talking to Jocko and I, for example, about what's going on for you, what your problems are, what's happening with your body. And we try when we're sitting here, we can see how you sit. So if we see you're doing something that we think is going to, I, you know, that you're re- going to be really uncomfortable, then we'll probably come and try to help you adjust your posture so that you're not physically uncomfortable. <clears throat> Zazen, <clears throat> Zazen is actually the deportment of a Buddha and you are a Buddha. So this is the deportment of your mind, of your goodness being manifest when you sit. That's all this is. And by the way, we can't understand that. So it's like a koan for us. What we want to do is cultivate faith in this practice of zazen. Cultivate faith in this posture, show up and sit zazen, regardless of what we think we're doing. So that's like really important. Okay. Uh, Suzuki Roshi said, when you get up early in the morning, woken up by your alarm, you don't feel so well. It's not so easy to come and sit. Even after you started sitting, you have to encourage yourself to sit well. This kind of problem is just the waves of our mind. But while you're sitting, those waves will become smaller and your effort changes into a more subtle feeling. We call this pulling out the weeds. We pull the weed and bury the weed next to the plant to make it nourishment for the plant. So even though you have some difficulty in your practice, even though you have some waves while you are sitting, excuse me, yeah, you have some waves while you are sitting, those weeds will help you. So you should not be bothered by weeds. We should be rather grateful to the weeds we have in our mind. We should be rather grateful to the weeds we have in our mind because eventually they will enrich your practice. So don't worry, be happy, Uh right? Don't stress on this stuff. Okay, so Dogen, I think he talks a little bit about what Suzuki Roshi is calling weeds in Fukan Suzenki. So he then, in Fukan Suzenki, Dogen talks about three states of mind, the ordinate, ordinary, everyday mind of thinking, which in Japanese is called shiryu, the mind without thoughts, in Japanese that's fu shiryu, and the mind with thoughts that are not caught by thoughts, and that is hishiryu. So this is the mind that we cultivate. Hishiryu is the mind that we cultivate in Zazen, the mind that is not caught by thoughts. Dogen said, sitting fixedly, think of the mind without thinking. How do you think about not thinking, non-thinking, or thinking without being caught by thinking? That's what he's saying. So you're thinking about not thinking, about not getting caught by the thinking that you're thinking. (laughs) That's basically what he's saying in Fukan Zizengi. I've always found it so interesting the way it's translated because those three words are in there, shiryu, he shiryu, and fu shiryu. Very clear what those three words mean, but they get translated as thinking, not thinking, and non-thinking. 
And we're all like going thinking, not thinking, non-thinking, aren't non-thinking and not thinking the same thing, right? And so in English, I think it's actually quite convoluted, but in Japanese, it's not so convoluted to understand what he's talking about. So he's saying that what we're going for is this mind of not getting caught in our thoughts, even though we're having thoughts. And then Suzuki Roshi so succinctly put it when he said, don't invite your thoughts to tea. Thoughts come, you say, thank you very much, goodbye. You don't even need to say thank you very much, goodbye. All you need to do, open your eyes, by the way, because you've probably got your eyes closed at that point, and come back to the present moment. That's all you need to do is come back to the present moment and don't worry about it. Three minutes later, your eyes are closed again. You're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch or what somebody said to you. Are you having a full-blown fantasy? You're off in the metaverse. And, you know, it's like, just open your eyes, come back, let it go. That's it. That's what we're doing. That will be transformative in your life if that's all you're doing. You're coming and you're doing that over and over and over again. And we call that letting Zazen do Zazen. Just let Zazen do Zazen. Blanche Hartman had this little song that she used to sing. I don't think I can remember the tune, but it was something like, lovely Zazen, ladies. Flowers. So, so, the, so the point of that was is that basically she was saying, I'm going to let my knees sit zazen. I'm going to let my body sit zazen. I'm going to let just, I'm not going to worry about that. Just sit there over and over again. So that that's what we're doing. You know, there's so much value, at least from my point of view, about just come to zazen in the morning. Just come. There's something that you're learning in that process that, you know, like it starts as soon as you get up in the morning, right? You're like, okay, it's not a, when you're at the monastery, it's by the way, it's not, you're not, it's not a like, oh, I think, well, I stay at home and have an extra cup of coffee or something like that. It's like, no, the, the, you have to get in the mindset of the bell rings, you get up, you get dressed, have some tea and go to the Zendo. If you don't have that mindset, you will suffer. Every morning you will get up. Do I go or don't go? You know you're going. Because by the way, at Tassara, at least when I was there, if you don't go, somebody shows up at your door and asks them, asks you why you're not in the in the Zendo. So you, you know, I'm sick. Okay, if you're sick, you have to stay here in your cabin for the rest of your day and we will bring you food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> if you don't get that mindset of, I'm just going to do this, you will suffer. So there's this way in which it's a deep lesson just to come to Zazen, get up in the morning, be here on time. Excuse me, I couldn't help saying that. Be here on time. <laughs> be here on time. <laughs> just come. And if you're going to be late, come anyway. Come late. We'd rather have you here late than not at all. So please come.
All right, I rest my case. <laughs> Thank you very much.